0: Welcome back to Season 1 of Story Sonic, The Universe of Infinite Possibility. In the universe of infinite possibility, anything can and will happen. These stories tell the tales of the worlds in this universe. Now join me in this week's story, The Jump. Dubs let her down nice and easy, said Pigeons while finishing off his popsicle. We don't need another Grakion 4 incident. I know how to land a cruiser, Captain Pigeons, spat Wizardbot. Besides, landing on a standardized cruiser platform in the biggest metro planet in the galaxy is a lot different than landing in the Grakion 4 Endless Ocean, much less on the back of a space leviathan while it's recovering from a star jump. Whose idea was that, anyway? Skeleton August raised their bony hand and gave a mischievous grin before returning to their game of Hypernet Chess. Skeleton August was only two games away from winning the third centennial Hypernet Chess tournament and thus being the champion for an astounding 50 years running. Honestly, August, I just don't understand you, sighed Wizardbot while rolling his eyes. All you do all day is sit around playing those Hypernet games. Immortality has so much more to offer than chess. If you would just look up from the screen every once in a while, watch it. With a crash, the cruise ship the Monroe fell into place on the landing platform. Their starjet, however, had been lost to the residential district below them. Pigeon sulked in his captain's chair with his face in his hands. I don't know, Dubs, maybe you could learn something from August and keep your eyes on the screen. That way maybe we could finally land on the planet without costing me a fortune in repairs. Do you know how much a Starjet costs for a Rutherford X Model 9 G10? Again, Skeleton August raised their hand, showing the number 4 without looking away from the screen. That's right, August. 40,000 credits. Where are we gonna get that kind of cash, dubs? It was clear that Pigeons had become quite flustered. Sorry, Captain Pigeons, squeaked Wizardbot. Thankfully, it shouldn't be too hard to find work on Trinique. Metro Planets always have hundreds, if not thousands, of bounties. Yeah, well, you better start looking, snapped Pigeons, digging through his icebox. Damn it, and that was my last Freezy Face Pop. This day was tailor-made, let me tell ya. Dubs, keep looking for some work. We need to get that Starjet fixed ASAP. August, you're with me. At least being stuck on Trinique means we can hit up a corner store for Freezy Face Pops. Skeleton August pointed at the ribcage, then shrugged their arms with a confused look on their face. Because, August, if shit goes down, I'm gonna need backup. We aren't the most reputable lot, remember?" Skeleton August's eyes glowed a dim blue as an ethereal projection manifested in front of them. The projection showed a politician standing in front of a podium. Behind the politician was a banner that read, GRIZLOCK FOR Trinique. Thousands of people gathered around to hear the politician speak. Suddenly, a laser made its way through the politician's head, leaving him with a blank look before his face hit the podium with a thud. The projection then showed a notepad held in August's hands, while Wizardbot and Pigeons hurriedly packed up the laser rifle into the Monroe. August flipped through the notepad until they found the page marked Targets. August's eyes darted down the page until they found a smudge covering a portion of a name. Grizzla- Grizzlog? Grizzlul? Grizz-something, anyway. With that, the projection vanished, and August stood there, waiting for a response from their captain. Ugh. Yes, that's why, said Pigeons, obviously exasperated and stop doing that projection thing. Bone magic is creepy. Wizardbot turned on the telecom device and switched through the different channels, looking for the local program for bounty hunters. Pigeons pulled the keys from the ignition of the Monroe and pressed a button on the key fob. The hull of the Monroe unhinged from the wall and unfolded into a staircase. August and Pigeons made their way off the ship, as Wizardbot finally found the program he had sought for. Be safe, Captain. August, stay close and don't get lost. I have lunches packed for both of you in your go cubes, said Wizard Bot with a wave goodbye. Just radio us when you find a target. I'll keep your location on, waved back Pigeons. All right, Bonehead, let's hit it. Skeleton August snapped and made finger guns at their captain before turning from the ship and walking down the stairs to reach the streets and find the nearest convenience store. The streets of Trinique were a sight to behold. Most of the metro planet was well-kept and safe, but the residential district was another story. The apartment buildings in this district were decrepit and smelled of sewage and rotting carcass. Most of the citizens were foreign aliens, bringing in their exotic meats and vegetables and throwing them to the streets when they were done. The galactic police force was too afraid to patrol this part of the planet. The only time a GPF officer made their way through the residential district of Trinique was in a body bag. It didn't take much time for Pigeons and August to find the crater left behind from where the Starjet had fallen off the Monroe. August looked up and saw the landing platform suspended in the air a good 1,500 feet above them. In the crater, all that remained of the Starjet were bolts and the torn apart plastic shell that housed the engine mechanisms. God damn the animals in this city, scoffed Pigeons. Already stripped it for parts. August circled their hand around their torso. Or ate it, I guess you're right, laughed Pigeons. After a little more walking, a bright neon light flashed from a corner store, reading Vinnie's. The windows in the corner store were murky with layers of dust and grime that had built up over the years, and one would think the building was shut down if it were not for the many shuffling silhouettes seen through the sliding glass door at the front. In front of the store sat a chalkboard with the words, Freezy Face Pop sold here, encircling the Freezy Face logo, a blue smiley face with an icicle for a nose. Nice whispered Pigeons, the relief dripping off his lips. All right, so we stock up, check in with Dubs, then get the hell out of here. Sucks that freezy faces are exclusively sold on Trinique. These guys would make a fortune branching out to other star systems. Hell, even another planet. August rolled their sockets in their head. The duo walked into the store nonchalantly. There were shelves stocked with dirty magazines, cigarettes, and condoms for at least five different species, as well as a few one-shape-fits-all brands. Welcome to Vinny's. Her voice was stagnant and uninterested. Her long, black hair covered her eyes and partially obscured the rose tattoo on her left arm. She sat behind the counter reading the star system's most popular manga, Shinsena ken no Senshi Taikore made no Subete no Akuma, or in English, Sacred Sword Warrior versus Every Evil Demon Ever. Fans had dubbed it Double S Warrior. August noticed the novel and tugged at Pigeon's shirt. Double S Warrior was Pigeon's favorite manga. Oh, nice. I love Double S Warrior. Have you heard they're making an anime?" asked Pigeons, trying to make small talk with the cashier. The woman behind the counter popped her gum and put her book down. Yeah? Who's asking? Name's Pigeons, and this is Skeleton August. August waved and smiled, putting a pack of gum and a can of one dollar tea on the counter. That's your name? Pigeons? Your mom and dad spend a lot of time in the park or something? It's just a nickname. My real name is- Pigeons felt another tug on his sleeve, August made a shushing gesture. Garfield. Yep. Ricky Garfield. Okay then, Ricky. Why do they call you Pigeons? Cause I'm a flying pest. Pigeons made finger guns as if his fabulous joke just secured him an Oscar. Time passed in an awkward silence. Pigeons finally coughed out. It would make more sense if you saw a cruiser. I'm a captain. Now it's my turn. What's your name? The woman tapped her name tag. Vinny. I own this shithole. Anything else besides the gum and tea? Yeah, you guys have Freezy Face Pops? Vinny's heart sank and her face twisted. She pressed a button under the counter and iron bars sealed off every window and door in the corner store. You guys cops? She asked, deadly serious. Pigeons and August looked at each other. Uh, no? Said Pigeons meekly. Vinny pressed another button and the room melted away. A loud bang was heard from all around them in complete darkness until finally, a unique room popped into existence. After all the commotion had passed, August and Pigeons found themselves alone in a white room with Vinnie, who is now standing on a platform in the middle of the room. The platform held a podium with a glass covering. Inside the glass dome was a crystal the size of August's head, and it was shaped like a tiger in a crouching position. 40,000 for the crystal, 150,000, and I'll give you the dimensional shifter too for security. This thing is a Mark 7. Nothing is getting in this dimension. Vinny's face and demeanor had completely changed from before. She was all business now. Listen, lady, this is all real neat, but I just wanted some freezy face pop. Again, August tugged on Pigeon's sleeve. Excuse us, my associate would like to have a word with me. Pigeons and August turned away from Vinny. What? whispered Pigeons. August's eyes glowed a familiar blue. They projected a scene where Pigeons, Wizardbot, and August were all back on the Monroe with a repaired Starjet. GPF officers led Vinny off the platform while August sat at the Hypernet screen and dismissed a notification from Hyperbay, the leading auction site on the Hypernet. The notification showed a picture of the Crystalline Tiger and read, Transaction complete. Received 40,000 credits. With that, the projection disappeared and August discreetly pointed at Vinny. August, you magically creepy genius. All right, Vinny. Pigeons turned to Vinny, who was now sitting on the platform with her legs crossed. Here is how this is gonna happen. We'll take the crystal off your hands. But, as I'm sure you've noticed, my friend here is a Bonolin, and their kind are very susceptible to magic. And dimensional warping gives them a tummy ache. So get the crystal and let's head back to your shop so we can get things sorted. Deal? Vinny thought it over. Sounds good. I just want this thing out of here. Brings in a lot of unwanted attention. The white room melted away, and Vinny's corner store quickly filled the vacuum of space. She held the crystal and dimensional shifter cube in her hand. You want the shifter too, or what? She popped her gum. Wasting no time, Pigeons reached into his coat and pulled out his two laser rifles, pointing them at Vinny. August's bones flew apart and grabbed the crystal out of Vinny's hands before quickly reassembling into the shape of a Kulker beast from Yerp Prime, the most fearsome beast this side of the Mississippi Spatial Fisher. God damn it, not this again, sighed Vinny. She extended her hand, and rose petals quickly began to fill her palm until dropping onto the floor. The petals spread across the floor and began to change color from red to black. Hello, Captain, August, are you there? Wizard Bot's voice crackled over the radio in Pigeon's pocket. We may have an issue, Captain. Not now, dubs, yelled Pigeon's. You may really want to hear this. Our missing target, Grizzloft, has resurfaced. I thought we killed that guy. No, sir. Grizzloft, not Grizzlock. Shit, shit, shit. Apparently, Vinny Grizzloft is wanted for counts of grand larceny, murder, and unlicensed use of black magic. Authorities warned to steer clear of any suspicious women with black hair and a rose tattoo. Shit, shit, shit. She is known for her rose petal technique, where she summons razor-sharp black rose petals that are filled with a deadly neurotoxin. A single scrape could be fatal. Vinny's rose petals quickly bolted in the direction of pigeons and August. Dodging at the last second, pigeons fired a shot from both rifles toward the door, blasting a hole in the wall big enough for himself and August to escape through. August, escape plan alpha! screamed pigeons. August let out a terrifying roar and slung pigeons over their back. August, with Pigeons in tow, ran straight through the blasted hole in the wall and made a beeline for the Monroe. Pigeons turned around on August's hulking back and positioned himself between their shoulder blades. Holding his rifles together, the guns quickly reassembled into a large sniper rifle with the word SWISH engraved across the barrel in a cursive typeface. Pigeons aimed towards the corner store and looked through the sights. Just then, a black explosion of rose petals came pouring out of the corner store with Vinny on top now riding across the street on a storm of petals. Get back here, you bastards! screamed Vinny. She flailed her arms towards the running duo, and a massive tendril of black petals fell from the sky next to August. August leapt out of the way, and began quickly scaling the tower directly below the landing platform where the Monroe was resting. Pigeons fired a shot at the massive petals, barely making a dent. He screamed frantically into his radio. Dub, start the ship! Start the ship! Start the ship! Start the- She's running at full steam, Captain. We have just enough residual power from the starjet to make one jump. But there is no way of knowing where we will end up. Although I guess I could work out a few variables if I had enough time to run the power algorithms. Oh, who am I kidding? Without a starjet, I could only deduct a landing position within a few light years, much less a few star systems. We should really try to get a starjet before leaving the planet, Captain. Fuck the jet! Open the cabin! Dubs lowered the hatch as August made one last running leap inside the Monroe, slamming against the hull. Pigeon sat in his captain's chair and frantically pulled the lever forward while pressing every button on the dashboard. What is happening? politely asked Wizardbot. We're jumping. Close the hatch and buckle up. Right now, but we don't have a jet. Dubs, now. You've been so ornery lately, Captain. Wizardbot began to close the hatch. As the staircase slowly ascended and the hull began to seal shut once more, a gigantic column of black petals encased the Monroe on all sides. The hatch was moments away from closing before Vinny was able to slip inside the hull. This was fun, but our playtime stops now, she said out of breath. Her hand extended directly towards Pigeons, but no petals were summoned. What is happening, Captain? asked Wizardbot, more confused than ever. With a sigh, Pigeons sank into his chair and put his face in his hands. We're jumping. Darkness. Everywhere. The most dark, silent, and completely empty void surrounded everything. There was no one. And nothing. Forever. Until there was. The Monroe appeared in the middle of an unfamiliar star system. August looked around. All of the crewmates were in shock. Pigeons made an exasperated sigh. Nothing to do now but get to know each other until the solar winds drift us to a planet where we can make repairs. August, Dubs, this is your new crewmate, Vinny Grisloft. As if. As soon as my petals return to me, I'll be killing all of you and taking the ship back home, scoffed Vinny. I don't think that will be happening anytime soon, Ms. Grisloft, chimed Wizardbot. It seems our star jump landed us in a magic null zone. August, please be sure to get lots of rest. August wasted no time and immediately fell asleep. Piece of shit, Bonehead can nap anywhere, said Pigeon, settling into his seat. I'm gonna take a page from their book. You're all insane, I'm not staying here, screamed Vinny. Well, the hatch is right there, pointed Pigeons. You can try your luck in the vacuum of space, or you can nap here on the comfort of the Monroe. Either way, no one is seeing home for a long time. Thank you for listening to Story Sodic, an episodic storytelling podcast focused on exploratory world-building through character growth. This story was written by Marcus Driscoll and narrated by me, Max Nolan Young. A special thanks to Angel Wing at Excel Music Publishing for the use of our theme song, The Nymphaeum Part 5. You can find new episodes of Story Sodic every other Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We don't pay for any advertising, and word of mouth is the best way for our stories to reach new years. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at StorySodic. That's Story S-O-D-I-C. Thanks for exploring with us, and be safe out there.